terms of compassion, um, just for me to give you a brief synopsis about us. Um, compassion UK is part of um, Compassion International. Um, there's 14 countries that are what we call donor countries that help serve um, children in extreme poverty. It began 70 years ago when an American minister, Eric Swanson, visited South Korea and uh, was doing some ministry. And one morning on his prayer walk, he noticed in the distance what he thought was men taking rags and rubbish and putting them into the back of a truck. And as he approached these men, he realised that there were children that had perished during the night. And he literally was moved with compassion. He saw that this was a total injustice. And so he began to work with those churches that he was in relationship with. They built an orphanage. And so 70 years um, later, we, we are now serving 2.2 million children in 25 countries around the world that live in extreme poverty. Um, what is extreme poverty? Well, the global benchmark for extreme poverty are those that are surviving on less than $2 a day. About pound eighty in our money, I think, at the moment. And so, compassion exists because right now there's over 400 million children that live in that state along with their families. And there's been great progress over recent years but due to the pandemic and the financial um, instability that the world is facing at the moment those figures are just increasing and so at Compassion our heart really it has always been to engage with the local church because we believe like yourselves that the local church is to express the love and compassion and heart of God to the communities in this world that we live in. And so as an organisation, we engage with extreme poverty in a number of ways. Uh, one of the ways is through holistic discipleship, which is where we um, invite children that are in desperate need within their communities that are identified by local churches just like yourselves within their communities. They host the program for us, so they'll be church partners within those countries. And um, every Saturday a child will go to a project where they will be given healthy nutritional meals to help them with their physical health and growth. We do intervene medically when they're ill, um, whether it's through malaria, diarrhea, or they need an operation, but we endeavour to ensure that they become um, healthy and remain healthy um, as they grow up throughout their childhood and young adulthood. We ensure that they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ is at the centre of our work and so many of the children and their families hear the message of Jesus. Many of them respond to the message of Jesus and become involved in the local church. We also ensure that they receive the education that they deserve. One of the images of poverty that I often think about is the 12-year-old girl that's part of a family but is being married at that young age because their family can't afford to feed them any longer. 
a complete injustice. That 10-year-old boy that goes down to the rubbish heap every day to collect plastic so he can sell it to provide food for the family, when actually he should be in a classroom receiving an education that he deserves. And so we're privileged to be able to work with these children in the churches. And also we also um, run um, child survival units because the the statistics tell us that 830 women die daily during pregnancy and childbirth. A complete injustice. In many of the countries that we work in, they average around 50 or 60 babies die during childbirth for every thousand. And so we run these units for vulnerable pregnant women to ensure that the mum and the baby are healthy during pregnancy, they have the safest birth possible, and then we work with mum and baby till the baby's one to ensure that they're healthy and the babies have a great start to life. The mum feels cared for, protected and looked after. And then that one-year-old child is put into a programme where they'll be available to, um, to be sponsored, just like the other 2.2 million children that are currently being sponsored. And then each country we work in, we do interventions. So each country has a national office and a director, and they will be strategic about the development of that country through compassion and really working in the areas that that country needs. So we provide safe water, we provide um, child protection training for caregivers and parents and for young adults to help protect them and the children and the communities that they live in. We build toilets, classrooms, schools. And so we have a number of interventions. So we take the gospel of Jesus Christ and development and we do this. We work it together for the good of their community. Lives have been transformed because somebody decided to stand alongside them and help them in their desperate need. You know, the scripture that was wonderfully read to us a few moments ago. um, For me, as I read this scripture, it's far more than just the man receiving his sight and the miracle that Jesus did for blind Bartimaeus. And I'd just like to spend a few moments just encouraging us, firstly, with some incredible qualities that blind Bartimaeus showed in this particular account and then also the example that Jesus is to us when we face somebody that lives in the margins of society but blind Bartimaeus was a man who was sitting on the roadside probably had been sitting there day in day out for a number of years And he heard that Jesus was in Jericho and was walking down the road. And the thing that I love about blind Bartimaeus, who was the least of those within that city, he knew who Jesus was. He cried out, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah. And when he cried out, the crowd that was surrounding Jesus, his disciples, those followers, the people that were interested in Jesus and what he was teaching, they told him to shut up. It's interesting, isn't it? 
that they chose to ignore him. But blind Bartimaeus showed some resilience. He cried out again. He may have even cried out more than two times. But he had this passion, this resilience that he wanted to get in front of Jesus. What an incredible man who lived such a tough life but had this resilience to know that if he got in front of Jesus, he would be transformed. He would see the miracle that he believed for. And he had this faith to believe that Jesus could help him. I kind of need those things in my life every day. That faith, that resilience, that determination to trust Jesus just as blind Bartimaeus did. You know, just these last three days, I've been in London with my eldest son and his wife. They've been married for six weeks. And uh, my wife and my daughter are in Portugal at the moment on um, a hen weekend with some of our closest friends. So I just thought I'll go to London and hang out with Josh. And, um, and we went out yesterday. And I can't remember how many homeless people that I walked past. It's horrendous. But what I always notice is that the majority, the masses, ignore them. Breaks my heart. And I believe that the reason I'm standing here today doing what I'm doing is because I had an experience as a 16-year-old, naive, young man, on a mission in London in the late 80s when shell suits were in. Who remembers shell suits? <laughs> and back in those times where open airs were popular, we used to do dance and drama. Don't imagine me dancing for a moment. And we used to share the gospel and there used to be crowds of people around us. And I remember noticing this man each day and I went up and spoke to him and his name was Clint and his na- he'd been on the streets for 25 years. And I sat down with him and he shared his life real tough life and I shared the love of Jesus with him and he gave his life to Jesus one afternoon and at the end of each day one of the leaders would say has anyone got anything to share as a team of what God had done and Clint was standing next to me and he put his hand up and he said I've got something to say and this leader pointed at him and said you've got nothing to say and it made me so angry as a young man it broke me But I believe that afternoon, God marked my life to advocate for the poor. And even though I've done a number of roles in ministry for 30 plus years, there's always been something within me to do something with mission and and with the poor and the marginalised. And it's such a privilege to be able to do what I do. But God's heart is for the poor. And I know that you know that as a community because I, I know that there's so many things that you're engaged with within this parish serving those that are in desperate need right now. But Jesus just shows us um, something wonderful in verse 49. And he's a busy man. He's surrounded by people, but he chooses to stop for blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus stops for every single person on this planet. He stopped for you and he stopped for me. But he stops and he calls blind Bartimaeus and What's very interesting is that the crowd all of a sudden change what they're saying. 
They're not saying, shut up anymore. They're saying, get up, it's calling you. And it's amazing that Jesus can change the atmosphere. He can change the culture. He can change people's thinking just by stopping for a moment and calling somebody. And as blind Bartimaeus approached him, Jesus asked him, what can I do for you? And Jesus would have already known. But Jesus wanted blind Bartimaeus to say those words, Rabbi, I want to see. And whatever need that we have as individuals and as families, and even working with people within this parish, that are poor, that are marginalised, that need to hear the gospel, Jesus wants us to tell him what those needs are, whether they're for us as individuals or for the people that Jesus has brought into our world. Because Jesus wants to bring change, he wants to bring transformation, and he wants to ultimately bring healing. And today as we consider the fact that Jesus stopped, he stood alongside and he set blind Bartimaeus free. That's what I love about the work of compassion. And what God has called us as a church to do is to to stop for people, to take that time, to stand alongside them and to set them free. And this morning as part of the work that we do through our Holistic Discipleship Programme, which is funded through sponsorship, I'd like to invite you as individuals, as couples, as families, to stop today and to stand alongside a child to set them free from poverty and to send them into a future that they deserve. To sponsor a child, it costs £28 a month, which I know isn't a small amount of money for maybe some of you here today. But what I've seen and time and time again that that longevity of standing alongside a child sets them free, just like those four children that we saw in that video. 80% of that money, as a minimum, goes directly to support that child, to give them the education that they deserve, medical checks each year and health care when needed, Christ-centred guidance, vocational training, recreational activities, one-to-one relationship with a worker which will help them in their development holistically as a person. Not just spiritually, but physically, mentally and relationally. We want to see children go into adults that, first of all, are passionate about Jesus and love Jesus, but then can contribute to the work that they choose to do, the the communities where they choose to live, and can make a real difference. One of our independent researchers a number of years ago came back to us as Compassion International and said, we've, we've actually discovered that approximately 75% of children that you work with go on to be influencers within their community. So it's not just changing one child's life, it's changing a family, it's changing a community, and ultimately changing a nation. So this morning, could you... S- consider stepping into the life of a child. I know that some children are already sponsored from people within this wonderful community. And if you already do sponsor, then I'd love for you to come and see me afterwards where you go down for coffee and, um, and just let me know so we can attach that child to this church. And for those people that sponsor children today, those children will be attached to St. Matthew's. Why do we do that? Because 
You know that you're making a difference to the child that you're standing alongside and sponsoring. But we love to celebrate with church community to say, actually, together, this is what the, the impact that you're doing. Just as a close, I'd just like to just share some recent statistics with you. Because I understand that right now we are living in a global crisis. Fuel, food, financial. Everything's going up. There's challenges for all of us at different levels. But this is what poverty is looking like for some of the people that we work with in the countries that we work with right now. In terms of the food crisis... In Sri Lanka, for one kilogram of powdered milk, which has gone up 206%, it costs £6.76. pence. Now, the daily income is £2.29. pence. That's three days' wages. In Burkina Faso, for 90 sillilitres of cooking oil, which is essential for them with the foods that are available to them, it's increased 75% to £2.25. But in Burkina Faso right now, the average daily income is 64 pence. You do the maths of how many days' wages that costs. In Haiti, a bag of bread rolls, 300% increase, £1.43. A large bag of rice, increase, £23.34, when the monthly income in Haiti right now is £21.39, a month's wages for a bag of rice. And there's plenty more of those stats, but I just share those with you, just to help us as people living here in the UK, if even though it is difficult for us at different levels, Those figures put our lives into perspective and the lives with the children and families that we work with. Before I just close and hand over, let me just pray for you as a community. Father God, it's just wonderful to be in the presence of welcoming people who love you and are passionate about the place and the parish where they live. I so love to hear about church communities serving those that are within need within their own communities. And Lord, I pray for every endeavour, every initiative that St Matthews is currently working on within the community and hope to in the future. Lord, I pray that as they run food banks and a number of different things, these warm spaces, Lord, they're reaching out to meet their physical and practical needs. But in doing so, I pray that doors would be open for conversations where people can hear and receive the love of Jesus that has transformed our lives. And as they continue to stop for those people, Lord, I pray that those people would be set free from the poverty that they have in terms of their spirit, that their spirit would become alive as they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. 
So Lord, continue to work and advocate on behalf of St. Matthew's and all that they're doing here. Lord, bring increase, not just numerically, but spiritually in, in everything that they're doing. As they endeavour to serve you and see your kingdom extended. In Jesus' name. Amen.